Welcome back for tuning in to another episode of the Blue Collar Narrative. We got Brian, we got Greg, we got Rick. What's happening, everyone? What's up, everybody? Not much, man. Glad you guys are joining us. Glad you guys are tuning in. How's everybody tonight? I'm doing great. Yeah, doing good. Excited to start the new platform up. I'm I'm excited. I feel it. 2023 is going to be epic. Absolutely. I think it's going to be great. This is our year. So tonight, we're going to change it up, do something a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, we're going to interview Mr. Johnson over here. Oh, boy. Um, we're looking for a roadmap, Greg, of kind of how you got to where you're at. And then we're going to just kind of do some question answer yeah. game. Well, okay. We should probably start with what do you do, Greg? Yes. Introduce um, us. So I own a plumbing company here locally in Howell, Michigan. Um, we specialize in anything plumbing, uh, anything from toilet flappers up to digging up your road. Yeah. So we have a really, really broad spectrum of what we do. And how many years have you been in the industry? Mm. Uh, 42 now. Started when I was roughly 15. I didn't even have a driver's license. So. Okay. And Wait a second here. 42? Yep. And you started at 15? Yep. You're, you're over 60 years of age? What? You, you've been in it for 42 years. No, I'm 42 years old. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm 62 like, years well, old. that's where I'm going. Some math doesn't Either work I've here. aged better than anybody on planet Earth. You know, come join the trades. We're real good at math. Well, that, that, <laughs> that right there just kind of sums it up like, we're not perfect. We Absolutely. are all humans. Absolutely. You know? Now, with so that being said, though, <laughs> Greg, what is it that you guys do yourself? I do a lot of stuff. I brush my own teeth. I mean, there's a lot of things I do. Um, <laughs> so what exactly are you looking what, for? What here, kind Rick? of services do yeah. you guys offer as a plumbing company? What, what kind that, of... that was kind of the hole I was going down. Yeah. Is, is we have departments that do uh, your regular, you know, repair your toilet. And sure. then we have a department that does commercial. We have a department that does some industrial piping. And we have a department that does some pretty heavy underground stuff. Um you know, we like to be one-stop shopping. So if water goes through it or water goes out of it, we do it. Perfect. And, and if I wanted to get into or at least explore the plumbing world to see if I was interested in it, what would probably be my first step to kind of just dip my toe in the water? Gotcha. And this is why we created this podcast. Yes. Is this question right here. Um, I would say anybody who's looking to get into the trade, um, there's no school that's really going to help you. There's no... Uh, shoe in, you, you just got to dive in and do it. So if you think you like it, there's no harm in trying it. <laughs> so go up to a contractor. You know, I have people call me all the time. And those are the people that I'm actually most apt to hire is somebody who either walks up to me or calls me on the telephone and says, hey, this is what I want to do. And you're like, well, show up Wednesday. Yeah. We'll give you a try. You know, and uh, those people have probably panned out the best for me. And that's kind of how I got into it. So if if someone wasn't sure that they wanted to go full on in, in plumbing, but they wanted to come experience a day, would you consider having someone ride along with you just to kind of get a feel for what your day is? Absolutely. So it's not out of the question for someone to call up a plumbing company and say, hey, is is it possible that I could just come ride along and get a feel for what you guys do? I would have no problems with that at all. Awesome. And and in fact, I I almost encourage it. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you might learn something along the way and you might at the end of the day go, you know what? This isn't for me. No harm, no foul. You know, maybe you saw something on the job site if you were on a new construction site or something. You were like, you know, 
I really want to work with the saws or I want to work with the heavy equipment or I want to work with, you know, the drywall guys or the painters or whatever it is, go do it. Yeah. So if I were going to, uh, let's say I'm in a position where I know pretty well I want to get into plumbing, but I'm, you know, still in high school, I'm not quite there yet. What are some skills that you would suggest maybe starting to try to get under your belt to kind of prepare you for your first day going in and actually working in a plumbing company? And, and here's the real world thing. And this has nothing to do with plumbing per se. It has to do with if you believe that you're going to go into the skilled trades. One of the things that I don't believe that they teach you in school, I'm sure they do, but they glance over it is the importance of being able to read a tape measure. Oh, most yeah, people most people are like, oh, well, it's one big line and a little line. And it's like, oh, well, which big line are you talking about? You know, so you need to know the importance of 30 seconds, 16th, you know, not so much 64th. Nobody really worries about that. No, the tape measure. But, you know, I've always thought that three marks past the sort of semi big line is, is a good. <laughs> you're telling me that's not an accurate measurement tool. You know, if you want to do that, I suggest carpentry. You know, they, yeah. they go with the medium sized lines and that's good enough. Yeah. It, rough, yeah. Trim, trim. You might run into a sixteenth or a thirty-second, but for the most part, you know, <laughs> the big lines are the ones they're worried about. See, I over measure, and then I slowly start trim cutting size. back yeah. until it yeah. fits. Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I would start there. You know, you're going to have to have some math skills. You're going to have to know your basic one, two, threes, and ABCs. But other than that, um, come to work ready. Uh, have your it, it's not yeah. difficult it, math, it though. scared the living Jesus out of me when I first started because I, I'm not very, you know, math savvy. But after a while, you just, you know, you learn the tricks of the trade. But it's not difficult math. No. Yes. Well, you know, when it comes to, you know, doing set of trusses and all that stuff. We're talking about plumbing, Mr. Totten. Right. So don't trust math involved. And if you're looking at carpentry, you're going to use numbers a lot more than you're going to use in plumbing. You yeah. know, uh, at, the, at the entry level, you're just going to need to know where the inches are and the half inches are and the quarter inches are. And if you can start there, you can improve upon that skill, but at least know how to use one. Yeah. That's super important. Um, come to, come to work prepared. You know, what does prepared mean? Let's expound on that. And, and, and I, my idea prepared and somebody else's idea prepared might not be the exact same. Well, you're the one getting interviewed. What's your idea of prepared? Uh, I want to see you in work boots. I want to see you, you know. Not in Hey Dudes? No, not in Hey Dudes. Uh, you're going to need to be in work boots. You're, you're on a job site, yeah. you know, uh, whether it be a residential job site or a commercial job site. You need a good pair of work boots. You're going to be yeah. on them all day. Why is that important? Because you're going to be on them all day. I know, but why is that important? Work well, boots specifically, yes. Oh, work boots. so you don't bash your toes off, you know what I mean? You mm -hmm. got a, 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 whatever, you drop something on your toe. I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking if I'm getting entry level and I'm walking in and you're telling me I need work boots, I'm going to be on them all day. You're going to need this tool called why? a shovel. Yes, why Why is it important for the key items? Because your foot is going to hurt like it's never hurt before if you try and shovel in Hey Dudes <laughs> So what, what yeah. other work attire do we need? You're going to want either some jeans or some blue slacks. You're going to want a clean shirt and, you know, no pajama pants. You know, that's kind of where I draw the line is let's let's groom ourselves and get cleaned up and, and put your big boy pants on and come to work. Well, and there is an aspect that we that we do need to address that is a little bit unique to plumbing versus some of the other trades. You're going to be... 
face to face with the end user, the customer, versus in some of the other trades, you might not necessarily have that specific relationship. And, and that depends on which facet of plumbing. If you're going to get That's into true. new construction, you know, you'll never see the owner. Yeah, but come to work prepared. Yeah, you know, uh, you you don't know that might that day you might be in front of a customer, so you have to be presentable. So now let's kind of switch gears. Uh, let's talk about not you're in a unique position as the business owner. But think back to when you start, and I do realize that you also participate in the day-to-day activities. Every single day. But I kind of want to take it back to, as someone starting in the industry, when you first got into it, what does a typical day look like for, for first of all, kind of a frontline actual plumber? Yep. But then secondly, as an apprentice of someone who's decided to learn the trade, what is my, gonna, what is my day going to look like in that role? So... Uh, Rick and I actually had this conversation with one of my foremen today, which was pretty interesting. That you was know, great. He's he's a new foreman. Um, just recently got his journeyman's card, so he's just starting to run work. So he's learning the the day to day pitfalls that come along with that. And yeah. he, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, I want to become a foreman." Until you actually become a foreman, and they're like, "Oh, wait a second, this isn't what I thought." <laughs> and the exact words out of his mouth was, "I feel like a babysitter," and yeah. I said. Congratulations. You are You're in management. <laughs> Not only do you get to work, you get to deal with all the pitfalls and problems of everybody else on your crew. Yeah. So, so the, the next day, your guys have stuff to do. Oh, there, there, there's that. Um, there's, uh, you are the brains of the operation. So if there's a problem, they're coming to you, sometimes all at the same time. No, no. So... Um, Entry level plumbing position, you're gonna show up. Uh, you're probably gonna meet some grizzly guy who doesn't want to talk to you. Yep. Um, he's probably not gonna be all warm and cuddly like you want him to be, but you know you're 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 gonna be his new guy. Yeah. And uh, it's like any you know first time meet, it's a little awkward, and you get through that, and then he's going to give you some tasks. So. Entry level, I show up with my work attire. Yep. I meet the grizzly guy. Yep. He's going to give me some tasks. That's what I was getting. He's I'm scared out of my mind to fail. Yep. To do something wrong. Don't Is this fail. normal? <laughs> yes, no, it's completely normal. Well, I was going to say, you're going to fail. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to fail. And, 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 Rick and I had that conversation today is one of our guys failed and, you know, the foreman had to mop up the mess. Yeah. And it, it's okay. You learn your lessons by failure. But he didn't get fired. No. Be- no nobody got Because fired. it was acknowledged and accepted that failure is a part of the learning experience. Absolutely. And, but, the, but being a new guy, how do I get that experience and learn well, you're you're gonna get you're gonna need to learn to build a rapport with whoever your boss is in the very very beginning, and you're gonna need to whether you like him or not, you're gonna need to learn to build that relationship, or you're gonna have to go down the road because you're stuck with that guy. And yeah. what would the report be? Being a new guy, what what should I expect? What should I be communicating you, with? You you need to be ready to assist him in any single way that he may need it. Whether it's sweep the floor, go out to the van, get something for me, uh, go grab an invoice book, go grab me a pencil, um, whatever it is, you're you're gonna be there to help him and make his day go smoother. And he's gonna ask you some questions along the way that you should probably answer correctly if you want to move on to the next level per se. So as a foreman, 
Um, usually I'll assign a young apprentice with a pretty seasoned foreman. I'm not going to usually give him okay. to a brand new guy. Sure. And that guy knows how to deal with people already in his own weird way, however that may be. <laughs> <laughs> the uniqueness and of the trades. <laughs> it is. And, you know, um, some people are very willing to teach you and some people are very reserved. Sure. And usually the reserved guys are could you know some of the best teachers because they're waiting for you to show the initiative before yeah. they'll give you any information at yeah. all so a lot of the trades people you have to prove yourself to them before they're even willing to open up to you to say hey kid grab a broom i don't want you watching me so just grab a broom and stay busy so to kind of sum that up don't expect to have someone cozy up beside you the first day on the job no. expect to get small helpful tasks yep and then you're going to have to show the initiative in order to kind of trigger that that next phase of teaching from from your instructor it's been my experience with the trades 90 percent of the trades people are not going to lead you to water they're going to follow you and then they're going to tell you how to do it along the way 100 yes. percent. yes they're they're not going to go you know what i'm going to push this court cart all the way to the water they're going to let you walk and they're going to give you the knowledge as you need it and as they see that you can take it and use it they're not just going to blurt out everything and say and they're going to watch you fail yeah and they're going to watch you fail and let you fail so that you learn that lesson. Absolutely. You know, hitting yourself with a hammer is an uncomfortable thing, but after you do it once or twice, you you're learn. like, I'm not doing that again. Yes. So, so two weeks in, yep. I'm the new guy. Yep. I've learned to help set up, get the tools, maybe carry yep. a couple items, like some pipe that I didn't know existed in sizes. Yep. Um, and I've learned that I need to possibly primer and glue some pipe, yep. like kind of set up some runs or yep. maybe start recognizing that the plumber's going to need maybe some fittings yep. and kind of start laying some objects out. So in my downtime, when he's not sitting there giving me direction and I take the initiative to start advancing and trying to understand, yep. the, jo- understand and staff the job with material... Am I doing something wrong, or is that kind of like what should be expected of? Well, that's usually one of the great things about a tradesman. When you're doing something wrong, you know pretty much instantly. Because either something's going to come out of his mouth, or something's going to come flying back out of the trench that he didn't need. Um, You know, my biggest advice would be watch and learn. So if you're watching how somebody glues up a piece of pipe, if you know step A, B, and C, you know that after he's done, you know, cutting the pipe, he's probably going to need glue and primer. So have that ready for him. And as soon as you guys get to the point to where you almost don't have to talk to each other, then he's going to start giving you more and more and more responsibility. And at the end of the day, the end goal is, is that you don't have to talk and you can work together all day long yeah. and the job goes seamlessly and not one word has to come out of your mouth. You already know what he's going to do before he even does it. So let's ask a big question that I know for a lot of younger kids is on their mind. What kind of hours are we talking? That's going to vary company to company. So... um New construction crews, you're going to be busy in the spring. You'll be busy all summer. You're going to be busy in the fall. The winter's going to slow down. Okay. Um, what kind of hours are you working a day? Eight, 10, 12 hours. Yeah. Most companies currently are trying to work eights and tens. Okay. Um, our service guys work 10. Our new construction guys work eights. Um, okay. You know, it varies. But when you're on an emergency crew, you know, reactive plumbing like Rick and I do and you do, 
there is no set time. Yeah. You're, you're done when the job's done. Yep. So that's one of the things that you have to be mindful of when you're getting into the trades. If you get into a reactive plumbing situation or a reactive anything, Can you whatever give us it is. a scenario? Sure. Uh, water main break in the middle of the night. I can't tell you that I'm done. You know, they I can't so, wait till seven, eight o'clock in the morning to start. No, it, it's now. Mm. You know, and you're not leaving till it's done. It may be 24 hours. It may be six hours. It may be 12 hours. You you don't know. You're yeah. de- you're dedicated till the completion. Correct. And that that's I guess segues into another thing. Bring your lunch. Yeah. Because you don't know how long you're going to be there. Yeah. Well, why why can't I just run up to McDonald's on my lunch break? There is no lunch break generally. Not on that kind of crew. So be prepared. Bring your lunch. Bring your pencil. Bring a tape measure. <laughs> I, I kind of exactly. eat as we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's some of the weird things about the trades is it's got its own little feng shui. We don't, we don't stop for lunch. And, and some plumbing companies do stop for lunch. If you're a service contractor, you can stop for lunch on your way to the next job. But when you're in that reactive plumbing, like me and you and or Rick and, you know, there's no time. You don't. You don't know when you're done working. When you're done working yep. is whenever you're done. Yeah. So if you're not mentally prepared for that, don't go into that field. Yeah. So question for you, before we transition into the next one, being a business owner, knowing what you know now, just a starting out apprentice, what what skill set and what mindset should I have as an apprentice before I'm ready for the next advancement in my career being a plumber? So... We have that conversation a lot in the shop, and that's up to you as the person. And I've said this to quite a few people. Um, Your pay scale and your worth is only whatever you're willing to put into it. So if you're watching YouTube videos on how to do things on your own time and you're studying, you know, how to make yourself better, you're obviously going to move faster than other people. Um, If you're just the guy who shows up to work every day, that's all you're ever going to be. Yeah. So if you don't ask the right questions, you don't, you're not self-motivated and you're not going to push yourself, you're going to be stuck in a ditch digging position forever. Me, I was very, very motivated, very self-driven. So I moved up the ladder very, very quickly. That's, that's a common theme that's going to come up over and over and over on this platform. I know over on the other platforms we have, I talk about it repeatedly. One of the beauties of the trades to me is... The you, trades you gives not you steal my line. <laughs> well, we're, we're about to find out. <laughs> the beauty of the trades is it gives you the path to success. Yes. How quickly you want to go, or even if you, how far down that path you want to go is entirely up to you. There's never, no end. Well, there's no well end. not only that, there's, you can there's stall no, at any point you can absolutely. And there's no, and like Rick said, you're never going to reach a pinnacle to where it's like, you know what? I have achieved Everything I can. I no. know everything about this trade. There's never an end to it. No. But but likewise, if you stall out on stair one, that's entirely on you. You're never going to, unlike the white collar world, you're never going to fail upwards. Nope. You're never going to just happen to be in the right spot at the right time. And by God, I got a great promotion. Nope. No, in the trades... Your success is entirely dependent upon you and your motivation. Yep. And I've, I've used this analogy with you and you. You know, you call, what do you call a doctor with a C average? You call him doctor. Yep. What do you call, you know, a, a tradesman with a C average? A ditch digger. Yeah. You know, if you want to advance, it's only going to give you what you're willing to put into it. Yeah. So there is no participation trophies in the trades. Absolutely. It does not work that way. 
So, you know, those industries, they're, they're, they're widely ranged because uh, entry-level service plumber, I wouldn't put anybody in an in a entry-level service plumbing position unless they've been in it for several years because you really have to know. Uh, entry-level new construction, I mean, you're going to get some bottom-of-the-barrel pricing anywhere from... 12 to 16 dollars an hour which is about the market yep and uh you know you're gonna start there how fast you advance in your career financially is how fast you're willing to push yourself if you're a sponge and you start absorbing every single thing you can you're gonna move very quickly if you just you know if you're the lazy guy on the end of the shovel just holding your own weight on it staring and watching everybody work you're that's all you're ever gonna do yeah um, nobody's going to go, you know, well, Johnny, he's a really good guy and he's been here a long time. He can only do We should ditches. bump him up because he's just been here so long. We should give him 40 bucks an hour. Yeah. Not going to happen. I think right. you're spot Never. on because the industry right here is a famine or feast kind yeah. of thing. It's inevitable. It has to happen. If you want to get to the top and you want to make money and eat steak, it's a famine or feast kind of world. Well, well yeah. and I'm also going to say, don't think for a second that you aren't being watched all the time, especially 100%. as an apprentice. Even if it isn't obvious to you, you know someone on that job site, whether it's a foreman, superintendent, or the business owner themselves, is keeping tabs, keeping an eye on you to see what you're capable of, how quick you're learning. You are constantly being and, watched. And I, that- I was just talking to a municipality um, on the phone about a contractor that was on their job site. And now this is a job site that's very remote, not a lot of people around. And they're like, we had to call the company and say, you know, will you please send us some more contractors? We see your guys standing around a lot and we don't feel like we're getting value out of them. Wow. You're always being watched. Yeah. Always. Yep. By passerbyers and, and cars that aren't lettered and people you don't know. Um, the, the tradesmen know what it takes, you know, and they can come to a job and look and go, someone was slacking today. Well, and that's and that's another beautiful aspect of the trades is, is kind of in the white collar world. You have the ability to hunker down at your desk and, and maybe the spreadsheet takes you 10 extra days or five extra days. And and yeah, as long as no one's really paying attention, no one's going to call you on it. But in the trades, like part of what drives us is our pride in our work. Our quality of work is what we have to show at the end of the day. And like you just said, if you do a sloppy job, yep. it's not just your employer might be a little displeased. That's what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to put your stamp of approval on that? And some people are. Yeah. You know, and those people are the people who constantly complain about what they get paid and where they're at in life. Yeah. So the people who really drive themselves, if, if you're not a self-motivated person, you're going to find yourself in the trades stuck in a job that you don't like. Yeah. If you're willing to push yourself every single day a little bit further and learn a little bit more, you're going to be pretty happy with where you're at. What would you tell someone that maybe got into this and and decided that particular area isn't for them? You can transfer your skill set to another trade very easily. Um, Plumbers, carpenters, drywall hangers, finished carpenters, rough carpenters, landscapers, equipment guys, all... Most of those skills transfer. So if you know how to use a hammer, you know how to use a tape measure, that's going to go pretty much hand in hand with every trade there is. Yeah. So let's um, say. So don't give up on them. It's just that one might not be for you. But if you enjoy being outside and you enjoy the work, just maybe not that particular job, don't give up. Just go try something else. There's, you're getting paid to learn. Yeah. 
And those skills, like I said, are all transferable. If if you're a carpenter and you want to be a plumber, it's very easy for a plumber that was a carpenter to do layout because they know how everything should be built. They already know where the studs are. They already know, you know, hey, this wall should line up with that wall, so on and so forth. So they're they're very transferable. So let's say you watch, and I've, I'm an apprentice here, and mm-hmm. I've been doing very well. What are the next steps? Where, where do I go from here? So you're going to go from an apprentice. You're going to register as an apprentice. You're, you're going to work for a master plumber under a journeyman plumber. You can enroll yourself in school if you'd like. There is plumbing schools to help you advance. Um, those are all also available free of charge if you're just willing to Google them. Now, do you have to log hours to be a, a plumber or apprentice? Or Absolutely. How, so, how do you get to the next steps also? That's 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 what I... So me, per, me personally, I'm kind of a jerk when it comes to this. Um, some plumbing companies will bring in little Johnny and say, hey, I'm going to sign you up for your apprenticeship card. And after X amount of hours, then you can go take your journeyman's test. When I bring on a new apprentice, I say it's your responsibility to go sign up and become a registered apprentice. If you don't do it, you don't log your time. You're only jipping yourself. Yeah. Right then and there, I've given them a goal. If they choose not to do it, I know. I know if they did it or not. If you're not self-motivated enough to even go register yourself with the state, I don't care if you don't get your hours. It's not my fault. Yeah. You've just showed me that you're not. You don't hustle. have any drive. Yeah, you you you're, you have very very minimal drive. You showed up to work today, but you weren't willing to put in the extra effort to advance yourself. Yeah. So that guy right there, eh, he might get fired in a week. Don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? But if you're not willing to do that, then you're kind of low on the radar for me. The guy that comes in and says, "What do I have to do?" I'm like, "Hey, do this." He comes in the next day. He's like, "Hey, man, I went on Laura. I registered my license. Boom. I know I got a keeper." Yeah. Right then and there. So then you're going to log your apprenticeship hours. Like I said, you can go to school. There's a couple of different avenues you can do this. But basically, you're going to do a four-year stint working under a master Do you plan. roughly know how many hours you have to log in as an apprentice? Oh, I know exactly how many hours. Your, your, your hours are only good if you are working on a job with a master No, you can be working under a journeyman plumber. Yep. Yep. So as long as you're working with a, 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 for a company that has a, a master plumber on staff, um, and you're being over the supervision of a journeyman plumber. Um, yeah, those logs, those hours are getting logged. So then you'll go take your quote. It's called a journeyman's test. You'll go down to the state level. You take your test. There's a company called PSI. They give you the written test. Then you go do a uh, hands-on test. You pass that. What that says to an employer is, I know what I'm doing. And what that equates to is you get paid a decent living. So I urge all of my plumbers, go get your journeyman's card. It's transferable. Pretty much everybody takes Michigan's. Um, Some states don't transfer back and forth. But even if you're going to a different state and you have a journeyman's card, that employer automatically knows, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. I have to pay him well because he knows what he's doing. You've insured yourself. That's your college degree, quote unquote. And then from there, you can go on to being a master plumber. Another two years in the trade, working under a journeyman, working under a master. And just to clarify, what's the advantage of going and getting your master plumber certification versus just journeyman? So you cannot own a company without being a master plumber. Okay. So there's a lot of things, but you know, you have a written test, 
and then you also have a practical test, how to do a material takeoff on a five-story building. They want to make sure that the people that are getting into this trade know what they're doing. Yeah. So they're going to give you a practical, and they're going to give you a written. And then after you get your master's, then you have to go take your contractors, which is all on, you know, Michigan Lean Recovery Act, so on and so forth, your, you know, right to lean and notice of furnishing, notice of commencements, all that stuff. But um, Now, that sounded big, bad, and scary. You've gone through that process. Realistically, how difficult is that process? Because uh, if I'm a young kid listening to this, I just went, whoa, I'll never be able to do that. You will. Um, no, no, sure. no, no. Um, it, it, it's like I said, if you have the drive and you're willing to put in the time and the work, you can do it. Anybody yeah. can do it. Um, if you're not willing to put in the drive, you're not going to get there. Yeah. Nobody's going to hand it to you. And like I said about the trades, it's not, there's no instant gratification. Sure. You have to put you're in the work, work for it. And the harder you work, the better you'll do. Yeah. So let's talk about a journeyman. Sure. What is it? How many years? What should they know? You're going to do four years under a master. You should, you're going to have to be able to completely pull out. You can't shortcut that at all? No. Can't speed it up? No. Working extra hours? Nothing? No. no. You can't grease no. some pockets? Nope. <laughs> no. Okay. No. So it's just straight hours. You're putting your time in. Okay. Yep. And then what kind of pay, when you kind of reach the journeyman, what kind of pay, again, we got a lot 26 of- to 28. Okay. Um, you know, and that's straight time. Now, usually your journeyman- um, you know, they're, they're your bread and butter. They're your foreman. So there's other things that come into play. When you become a journeyman and you're running work, you're looking at a company vehicle. You're looking for cell phone reimbursement, possibly a computer, uh, fuel reimbursement, health insurance. You know, these are, these are things that employers give you as perks. Yeah. So um, all of a sudden, if you don't have to pay for gas anymore. Big perk. Your, your income just went up. Yeah. You know, if you don't have to pay health insurance, your income went up. Absolutely. So, you know, although $28 an hour doesn't sound like a ton of money. It's a good start. It's a darn good start. Well, so, and especially when you start adding in all of the, what, what we call in the industry, fringe benefits, all of exactly. those other things you're getting. How much does it cost to drive your vehicle every Absolutely. Day? All of a sudden, now you're up to 32 33 bucks an hour by the time you factor in not having to pay for fuel, not having to pay for your cell phone, not having to pay a car payment. Yep. Insurance. Insurance. I mean, that's that's material money that's going back into your pocket. It's just not in the form of cash. Absolutely. But let's talk about what kind of skill set you got to be, what do you have, and what's your day look like being a journeyman? Like, am I still digging ditches? Am I still so carrying first, fittings? Like, what am, I, what am I doing here? A first-year journeyman is usually a working journeyman, working foreman. So, Danny, the guy we were talking to okay. today, working foreman. You're in the field. I'll give you one or two guys to start training them and prepping them for the next step. So you're still in the field, you're still working every day, and you're training these new guys. And that's part of, you know, being a journeyman. You have to be the on, you know, you have to be the answer guy on job site. If someone has a question, you have to be able to answer it and answer it correctly and intelligently and know what to do next. That is kind of the responsibility of a journeyman. And then as you advance in your journeyman, then you start moving into roles like superintendent. You can start overseeing a bunch of journeymen. So, you know, as you advance in your journeyman career, then say there's 10 journeymen and they want to move you up because you're the best journeyman. Now you're going to oversee all those journeymen and you'll move into more of a superintendent or a project manager role. And what kind of tassel am I doing as a journeyman? Am I plumbing toilets, showers, whole buildings? Like, 
as what a journey, am I doing as here? a as a journeyman through Michigan, and this is why everybody wants a Michigan plumber. You should be able to plumb a multi-story building by yourself. Whoa! In completion, that's impressive. So, after you're done taking that test, you should be able to take a set of blueprints, look at them, and say, "I need all these fittings, this much pipe, lay the job out." Run the entire job until it's finished. Set all the fixtures. Do the entire job by yourself. And how many, do you know roughly how many hours you have to log in for a journeyman before 4, you get the 4,000. Yeah. Or no, 6,000. 6, and, and so 6, you have to do that to take the next step to do the master's. Uh, that's just to get your journeyman's. And then it's another two years after that. So another 4,000 after that. Okay. Um, what are, what are some of the problems that a journeyman runs into and what are, what are, what are some of the rewarding, but what are some of the rewarding aspects of being a journeyman stepping up from like an apprentice? Uh, financial, you, you got that financial. And then the other thing is, is you're slowly starting to move yourself out of using a shovel. When I got into the industry, they said, when you got your journeyman's card, you'd never see a shovel. They lied to me. Because I still use a shovel. Right. <laughs> Probably because I like to, and I like the physical labor, and I, I like working with my guys. I don't care what we're doing. I've, I've gotten immune to a shovel. It doesn't bother me anymore. But in the beginning, I always looked at the older journeyman, and I was like, they don't dig dirt. Yeah. They don't even carry their own tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah. And when I first got in, when you were an apprentice, you carried the guy's tool bag. Like, that was your job. Yeah. He didn't carry his tools. He basically showed up and was like, here's the problem. This is how we're going to fix it. And that's it. Yeah. So financially, you're starting to, as the journeyman, you know, you get into that first year and then build on that. And that's where, you know, more perks come along, paid vacation, paid holidays, you know, that money starts to get up there. And then once you're running work and, and you're, you're quote unquote, you know, a full-time journeyman where you're not quite removed yourself from the field. I mean, you're north of a hundred grand. So, so let's kind of at a high level, let's say when you got into the industry, what was the biggest uh, two biggest shocks, the biggest positive shock, and then also the biggest kind of negative, I didn't expect that getting into the industry. For me, I would say the the positive shock was the amount of money that could be made. I, I even being in the trades, I always kind of like thought, you know, we're the lower class of people. And then as I got older, I figured out that some of these tradesmen are making more than a guy wearing a suit. Yes. Considerably more. Can you throw a random number out there that's realistic? I know plumbers and I know journeyman electricians that are tickling 200 grand a year. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you don't you don't hear about that every day. You no. know what? On that note, no, and, and they're out there every day, all day, mm-hmm. and they're the guys with the dirty clothes on that people look down their nose at. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those people probably make more money than most. Yes. So, so here's a question that occurs to me. Well, I didn't answer the other. Question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. The negative side. Yes, sir. Um, the physical physical exhaustion when you first get into the trades. Um, it depends on your foreman, but some of them are just going to wear you out. Yeah. And the, it, it, it reminded me of a military setting. They're going to grind you into the ground and see if you break. Yeah. And not all foremen are like that. 
And and if I su- I suggest if you do get a foreman like that, try and get transferred because it sucks. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna make it. They're gonna crumble you. But uh, yeah, the 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 physical uh, amount of work that you're gonna do, um, that that part sort of kind of sucks. How is how is plumbing actually from the beginning to now changed your life and your perspective? Well, um, my guidance counselor told me I'd be lucky to be a garbage man. Um, I kind of want to go have a chat with him at this point. Yeah. You know? Sounds like a stand-up individual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the trades have been very, very good to me, and, and, and it's all because of determination, drive, and self-motivation. If I could preach that to any kid getting in this trade, nobody's going to help you. You have to help yourself. Now we have we have failed our us our, our audience thus far because we have not asked one critical question of Greg the plumber. How often do you find yourself covered in poop? Because that's what everyone thinks of when they think of plumbers. <laughs> okay, so uh, if and I went over this on our other platforms. If you're in new construction, um, the likelihood of you seeing Mister Hankey is very slim. Okay, if you're yeah, that's the, that's going to be your worst poo event of the day is okay. the uh, porta john. Okay, um, I can hold that. <laughs> if you're a service plumber, uh, you're going to see some poo. Yeah. If you're a drain cleaner, you live in poo. Yeah. Like, how if, much poo? We got to ask for audience. Well, I feel like how it, much poo are we talking here? Like at here? some like, point, your technique <laughs> gets down. Well, <laughs> like, are we are we going to just like cut the pipe and watch it just well leave? Or are we talking like digging into it? I've seen. Ankle deep poo, I've seen knee deep poo, and I've seen one poo on the floor. So, okay, you get a smattering. <laughs> Tell us your best poo story. Poo story, being a plumber. Ooh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> even, even if we're talking about the other day from Danny, like, what's your best poo story you got being a plumber? We did have a first the other day. We yeah. did have a puker. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good his, one. his stomach just wasn't cut out to cut the muscle. Can you tell us that? What happened? Uh, yeah. So That's two, pretty PG. Two guys on a ladder, uh, 10-foot piece of pipe. Uh, no, different ladder. You know, OSHA compliant. Yeah. We're, they're, 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 <laughs> I'll paint a picture for you. We're in a, in a commercial building with a ceiling grid, and they got a 10-foot piece of pipe that is clogged and in really bad condition, so they're going to take it out of the ceiling. So they have to take the clevis hangers down which are, you know, the straps that hold the pipe up. And you got two guys working on either end of a ladder. And if you tilt that pipe, guess what's coming out the end? Uh Uh-oh. Whatever's in it. Yep. Well, it got a little off camber there, and something came out the end. Quite a bit of something came out the end. Hot load? Hit the floor, and uh, the new guy just lost his cookies right then and there. Um, Yeah, I think he's a two- or three-year apprentice. And that but, was his first time losing the cookies. Yeah, he's mostly on the construction side. Ah, so, so we it was had him doing a christening. Re- yeah, we had him doing a commercial remodel. Excellent. And and it wasn't poo. It was off of Just a floor sludge. drain. It was sludge. Yeah, he lost it over sludge. Yeah, I'm sure it stunk. Yeah, I'm sure it stunk. I'm just saying. Well, you you, you get the remnants of. Uh, the pipe. Yeah, yeah. You're getting the gases. You're getting the odor. And then uh-huh. when something just and goes the visual. Out, you don't really know what it is. The visual. I think it's the visual yeah. that really throws you off. But so there again, life choices. You know what I mean? If, if, if the amount of poo that you in the trades, how much poo do you want to see? 
Well, you, you can go completely new construction and industrial and never see poo ever again. So let's say I want to own my own business and yep. I think plumbing is for me. If you could give me a highlighted map, just like the express way to get there. Obviously, it's going to take times, hours. We got to log it and we covered that. What route am I kind of looking at and what are my what are my goals to be in there? Um, so in the beginning, I don't think I ever aspired to be a business owner, but that's where I ended up. It was my self-drive and, you know, me pushing myself. And I was always trying to look for that next level. But if you're looking to become, if you're looking to become a plumbing company owner, okay, the only thing that's going to set you apart is your experience. And unfortunately you can't buy experience. So you need to be on as many jobs, as many types of jobs and educate yourself on all of the facets and just absorb every single thing that you can as fast as you can do it because there's so many situations that you don't know what to do. And if you have a little bit of experience, you know, you can play off of that. But if you've never seen it before, you're probably going to be in trouble. In how many years, hypothetically, are we really talking um, before I could possibly even think about coming a business owner? Like when do you, in your professional opinion, when do you think somebody might be ready after they get the masters. So I opened my plumbing company when I was uh, 23. My plumbing company, yep. Yep, and that was about as fast as you can do it. Wow. So 24. I would like for somewhere in there because I mean you got three years for your journeyman's, two years for your masters, so that's five. Then you have a contractor, so that's you know by scheduling and all that crap and getting all your results, you're looking at probably a minimum of seven. I started at eighteen, but so. no, but knowing you, you have a workaholic work ethic like nobody else. I worked two jobs, so I worked for a company and then I was working after hours for another company, and then I was also doing my own repairs for so, friends. And so family when you came and, out of a five or six year um, run, you realistically probably had about 12 years in you probably with the workaholic that yes. you have. Yeah. You eat, sleep, dream plumbing. Plumbing. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I watch YouTube videos about it. I'm on Facebook forums about it. I mean, it's, it's my life. So it, it's my life. I mean, I, I'm constantly trying to learn new things. If you, if you could give advice for somebody that's stepping into this realm, just a broad perspective. What advice would you give them entering the plumbing world? The same advice I'd give them in electrical, drywall, framing, any of it. Pay attention, work hard, and put in the effort. The effort shows. Well, I'll take us out with this question. Do you enjoy what you do? I love it. That is, that's I it. absolutely love it. I mean, it. I feel like that sums it up. Well... I, I mean, that's it. I don't know what else to say. I love it. Yeah. It, it, it's it's my statue. I built it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Greg, thanks for the interview today. Thank you guys for joining us. And we'll catch you guys on the next Blue Collar Narrative. Blue Collar Narrative.